He's got a beautiful backswing. That's, oh, he got all of that one. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Lay up with an iron into the hazard. Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know. Hello and welcome to another edition of the 73rd Hole Podcast, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. If you haven't already, uh, go follow us at the 73rd Hole on Twitter and at 73rd Hole on Instagram, and then go to golfoklahoma.org and catch up on all the local golf news. Uh, Kim McLeod doing great things over there, um, and you can catch us on the front page there as well. T-Dub. It is the U.S. Open preview show, probably the biggest or second biggest uh, week we have as golf fans on the PGA Tour. I'm excited. Torrey Pines, uh, what do you got for us today, T-Dub? Man, we got so much to get into this week. I mean, it's just going to be a great tournament. Every major week is great, and we're going to hear from the legendary Jim Woodward in, in just a second. I believe we got him coming on right now, sir. Yep, and now we bring on the man that we bring on every single major week, the legendary Jim Woodward. This man knows his stuff about golf, and he's one of the most entertaining voices to listen to in Oklahoma. Woody, what's going on? Boys, I'm just enjoying the heat wave. What happened to spring? We didn't have spring, did we? I missed it if we did. <laughs> no, we went. it felt like we went from blizzard to uh, to just the most humid I've ever felt it in Oklahoma. You step outside yeah, and you start feeling like you're jumping in a swimming pool. It feels like Florida is what it feels like. <laughs> yeah, no no fun at all, Woody. But you know what? Even though we got all this heat here, it does mean that it is a major week. Uh, we got the U.S. Open. We got it in California. Me and Sam talking on our last show how we love the, the primetime golf aspect of it since it's on the West Coast. Um, we asked you right yeah. before you came on that uh, you played Tory, um, Tory South numerous times. Give us your, give us your take. What what do you think will uh, we'll take for someone to, uh, to win this week? Well... Torrey Pines is brutally hard. It, it is a really, really tough golf course. The back nine is absolutely a killer nine holes. Um, I don't look for anybody to go real low. Of course, these are the best players in the world, so somebody will be in red figures. I don't think they'll get to double digits, in my opinion. I think a five, six, seven under, something like that will probably win the golf tournament. A lot of it depends on weather, but I don't think the weather's going to be anything but perfect out there this time of year. So, I'm thinking five, six, seven, something like that. Woody, last night I was watching live from, and it seemed like all they wanted to talk about was Phil Mickelson uh, and how this might be the greatest feat in golf if he can cap the Grand Slam off this week. Uh, what do, What do you give his chances on this golf course? And uh, and what we haven't had you on since the PGA. Kind of give your thoughts about a uh, 50 year old winning the PGA. Well, first off. None of us ever picked him to win the PGA. If they did, they're a genius. <laughs> um, I, I was I was watching him in that PGA, and and he, he looked like a different Mickelson. I don't know what what somebody they either talked to him or somebody he was he was really 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 focused. Uh, you know, if he does that again, he 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 plays Tory well. He hasn't been exceptional on that golf course like Tiger was, but he plays it well. Do, do do I think it'd be an unbelievable story? Oh, my gosh, yes. Do I think it's going to happen? No. <laughs> How about that? 
Yeah, no doubt, Woody. And how, what you know, because you mentioned that you had played Kiowa um, before that before we had John. And so, what what do you think that Phil did? You know, before we talk a little bit more about Tori, what do you think Phil did in particularly that week differently? You know, obviously he was more calm about himself. But what do you think about his game that was different? And with this the setup that Kiowa did, how do you think that that fit him as opposed to any other major? Well, of course, his short game came in really handy for him. His short game was unbelievable, and I think that's what won it for him, believe it or not. He, he drove the ball real well at Kiowa. If we look at, for him, he drove the ball real well. So, um, Mickelson's got so much talent. I, I mean, I'm not, I wasn't 100% shocked he won. I don't think any of us thought he was going to win, but he is the type of player that, that at 50 and 51 now, he he has that ability to get himself open. He proved it there at Kiowa. So Kiowa's a lot harder golf course in those conditions probably than Torrey Pines will be. Uh, so I don't know. It's going to be a fun week to watch. He's not one of my picks, but I, I'm pulling for him. I'll say that. Woody, before we get to your picks and talking about some other guys, I just want to ask you about the 2008 U.S. Open and where you would rank that on your list of tournaments that you've seen. Obviously, we got to spend a week up at Southern Hills, and I got to talk to Rocco a little bit, and he's just an absolute beauty. Uh, his personality kind of, kind of reminds me of you, Woody, and and just seems like a guy that everyone can get along with and everything. So, um, I, you know, that's why I kind of put that, 2008 U.S. Open even higher on my list now after seeing Rocco. Um, but where do you rank it on your list between like 86 and 2019 Masters? Do, do you put it up there in that top three spectrum? For Tiger, for sure. I, I still would tell you that the the most impressive I ever saw Tiger was in 2000 at Pebble Beach where he won by 15. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, that was just uncanny. That the fact that he was able to win at Torrey with a broken leg, as we know now, um, might be as good as you'll get. But as far as dominating, I still go back to him in 2000. Uh, he was so good at Pebble Beach that year. It was just almost silly. He was that good everywhere, everywhere he went. That was the year I got to watch him hit balls at Bahala on the range, and uh, it was the most spectacular thing I'd ever seen. So, uh, I would say in the top three, yeah, I loved his 2019 Masters, but uh, that 2000 U.S. Open was something really special. Right, really no doubt. Special. And then I was going to ask you about Mike Davis. What What have you thought of Mike Davis's run uh, with the USGA? Um, do you Do you like how he's kind of uh, revolutionized how how the U.S. Open courses have played, or uh, do you think it's kind of time for a change? Well, I think I think Mike got out of the box, which is always pretty cool because the USGA is known for not getting out of the box. They're they kind of are stuck in their ways. So Mike right. definitely made a made a difference there. I think some of their choices, some of the golf courses they picked, I wasn't a big fan of Chambers Bay. Um, it's hard to go against those really good traditional old courses that they played opens on for years. Uh, sounds like what they're going to do now is kind of move towards what the British Open does because I know Pinehurst has like five or six Opens in the next 15 years. So it sounds like they're going to go to some probably five or six select golf courses and stay with those now, which um, I think is cool too. I, I, I think Mike did a great job. I think he was just ready to do something else. Right. 
Yeah, no doubt, and hopefully that the, uh, you know, we'll get even better um, tournaments hold on, even though we've had some great tournaments, but like you said, Woody, maybe the courses didn't fit very well, but, you know, one of the things that we uh, golf fans were kind of looking at today was with the U.S. Open tee times, and we finally got them out today, and we were missing the pairing that we wanted. We wanted Kepka Bryson, or at least maybe, you know, have, have Bryson in front of Brooks or something just to cause a little bit of conflict, you know, but it seems yeah. like the, uh, there was nothing. There was a rumor going around that Bryson's agent denied that they wanted Wanted to play. There's all kinds of speculation. Brad, Brad Faxon actually reported that on Sirius XM Radio that he talked to his agent, and they they said that Bryson nixed that pe- that pairing that the USGA asked Bryson, and he said no. What What are your thoughts on the whole Bryson uh, Brooks feud, uh, Woody? Well, I, you know, I think those guys are 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 pulling probably one of the greatest. Um, I, their scam is a big word, uh, <laughs> but. Um, I think what they're pulling off is really pretty cool because I don't think they dislike each other near as much as everybody thinks they dislike each other. Uh, isn't it funny? Uh, isn't it kind of ironic that uh, we offer what is it, forty million out there on this deal for the top ten movers of the needle? That all of a sudden these boys have been a, a grudge match. Uh, you think there might be a pay type of grudge match at the end of the year where both of them make millions of dollars and the agents do too. Uh, I think they're stupid like a fox is what I think. That's just my two cents, but I don't think these boys have near the dislike for each other that everybody wants to believe. You know, Woody, if you if, if you were getting interviewed like Brooks was at the at the after the Friday at PGA, and someone walked behind you and said something, and then Bryce or uh, Brooks just went off and started cussing, what would someone have to say for another player to start acting like that? That was just such a weird predicament, and like everyone's speculating, what did Bryson say, or what could he have possibly done to make Brooks that mad? I mean, what would it have taken um, for him to do to uh, to upset someone that badly? Oh, I, again, I think that was part of the uh, show. Uh, I I think that in that kind of situation, if Brian's, Bryson walked by and he said, have a good day, Brooks is going to give you that look that he <laughs> wants everybody to go to hell. And again, I think that I think at the end of this year, they both deserve an Oscar. Is what I <laughs> they are two of the best actors I have seen in a long, long time. Well, let's start it right there. Woody, what do you think about Bryson's chances this week? I, I really like Bryson this week. I'll probably end up picking him to win. I just think that um, everyone's going to miss fairways on a U.S. Open course, and uh, I like the guy that's that hits it the farthest and puts it the best, and it seems to be Bryson, and he's he's a California guy used to those style of greens. So uh, what do you think about that, Woody? Do you agree or disagree? Well, it's hard to go against him because of what he did at Wingfoot. We all said at Wingfoot you'd have to drive it in the fairway to, to win the golf tournament, and he didn't hit, what, 20-some-odd uh, fairways of the whole week or something like that. It was some stupid mm-hmm. low amount, but he wins the golf tournament going away. So for people not to bet on him, it's kind of silly. I mean, he's got to be in that top three, top four, maybe top five. Um, you know, but, but again, you got to look at how good Ron was playing before the COVID thing got him – at Memorial, you got to look at Morikawa because Morikawa is the best ball striker of any of them. You got to believe that Xander at some point is going to find his way and figure out how to win a major. So to, to say that Bryson's the only guy that could possibly do it, uh, yeah, maybe not. There's that you know, picking one of these guys is hard nowadays, guys, as you can well see. 
Oh, no doubt. I mean, there's just so many elite players. And, you know, it's it's really good that you've gotten to play Tory numerous times, Woody, because we were talking on our show yesterday, me and Sam were, about how how much different do you think that the course will be set up this week as opposed to the uh, traditional Farmers Tournament that we see every year? Oh, they'll, they'll, they'll do a lot different with it. Simply the rest will be so much deeper right off the bat. That, that'll change all kinds of things. They'll probably play with some of the, the, the you know, a go-for-it part par four. I'm not sure where they'll do it on that golf course, but they'll probably have some where the guys can can get a little uh, froggy, you know, and go for a par four and if they want to. Um, I think they'll 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 watch whatever happens with those those winds because always in the afternoon there it comes off the ocean and I don't think it'll blow hard, but it'll blow a little bit. So that back nine setup will be the one that'll be interesting to see how long they make it and how difficult they make it. I don't. I don't know really what to expect. That's what's going to be the most fun to watch it. I think the golf course will stand on its own, though, for sure. Yeah, Woody. As a as a teaching professional, they've been talking about. Uh, I'm, I want to get your opinion on these Poana greens. Does your uh, stroke change at all on Poana greens? And they were talking a lot about you know how it, they just can't control how it buds up in the afternoon. Um, other than you know. It, it kind of being a mental challenge for guys knowing that that ball is going to bounce a little bit uh, when you're playing in the afternoon. Do you change anything technically um, as far as your opinion? Well, it's really tough to go out there with two putters because you almost need a putter with a little bit more loft as those, as that pole grows so it can get airborne a little bit more and it doesn't hit into it and bounce as much. But it's real difficult to say, okay, I'm going to start the day with a you know, three degree launch of putter, and by the afternoon when the pose growing, I'm gonna go to a five. So they can't do that, but they can they can try to hit it maybe a little bit more up on the golf ball to make it roll a little bit better. Um, the guy they should have asked before they went out to play is Tiger, because obviously he could figure it out. I mean, the, the putt he made on 18 to tie Rocco is still one of the most amazing putts I've ever seen. And that late in the day, um, you, you know, you got to make it to get in the playoff. It breaks a good foot and somehow he got in the hole which is just incredible but i think those guys are professionals that's why they have a name on their back for a reason they know in the afternoon the pose gonna be a little bit more up and they'll adjust to it just like they do every year at at, at tory they figure it out so one round you're going to play for sure in the morning one round you're going to play in the afternoon the first two and then the leaders are going to have to fight that both days in the afternoon because it's going to get up there. There's nothing you can do. Mother Nature, it's going to grow. Woody, I want to ask about one of your favorite players out there. Uh, I want to ask your thoughts on Jordan Spieth and his chances this week. Uh, do you think a guy that isn't really gaining any shots off the tee so far this year uh, can compete in a U.S. Open-style course at Torrey? Well, you, you can never again. How do you bet against a guy that has proven that he can figure out how to get it in the hole? Uh, will he be the best driver in the golf tournament? No. But will, will he be one of the best putters and chippers? Yes. So as long as he doesn't hit the golf ball just so much off the planet that he can find it and play it, he's also got a real good chance. I mean, he, he, he's a guy you got to look at. Again, he's not one of my picks, but. Uh, I I just I just think with his short game and as good as he puts it, you can't count him out. That's for sure. 
you know, Woody, this might be kind of leading into your picks, um, depending on who it is. But, uh, you know, we got a couple of local guys in the field. Obviously, Victor Hovland, Abe Anser, uh, Matt Wolf is playing. Um, unfortunately, we're, uh, Ricky missed the uh, sectional qualifying by one stroke. But uh, what what uh, opinion do you have on any of the local guys? Um, obviously, Hovland played well here back in uh, February or January, whenever the tournament was. Um, so what do you think? you think any of those local guys got a shot? Well, I think I think Hovland will have to have a shot because he's a great iron player and he's a good driver at the golf ball. He's probably not the best putter, but he's a good enough putter. He would he would be one of those guys I'd look at. But uh, a guy we've not mentioned that you got to mention is Webb Simpson, uh, who is always up there in open. Webb Simpson. I mean, he finds a way to get it around better than anybody. So um, uh, I think. That, that we will see of our Oklahoma guys. I think Abe Anser is playing some really good golf. I don't know what to expect out of Matthew Wolf. Uh, I, you know, when Matthew Wolf wants to play again, he could be dangerous. I mean, but until he really wants to go play, I don't know that you can pick him. So I would have to tell you again, I always tend to go towards Hovland simply because of his ball striking. It's so good. It feels like forever ago, you know, that we'll, fit, we'll finish second, at solo second at the U.S. Open of Bryson last year at, uh, at Wingfoot. It feels like a million years ago that that happened. Well, and I, I'm sure it feels like a million years ago to him, too, because, like you say, when you get a little bit of a, 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 a lull in your golf game or a little bit of a, a slump is a better word for using, it's hard to find it back. I mean, you know, all you got to do is ask me. I mean, it, it, it's not something that happens overnight, usually. You don't just all of a sudden wake up and go, okay, I'm a world breather again. You got to kind of, you got to kind of get your dues in and pay your dues and get back to that level. I would love to see Wolf play in something before he goes to the U.S. Open. You talk about a, a, something that just, you know, that's a tough golf course to come into and just say, okay, well, I'm ready to find it again. Well, I hope he does, but that's a pretty tough question to throw at somebody. If you're going to go and try to get your game back, and you pick a U.S. Open golf course to do it on? I know I don't. I go to Lake Hefner. <laughs> Woody, I want to ask you one last question about the course. Obviously, the big uh, story this week will be the rough. And explain to the listeners the difference between the Kukulia grass at um, at Torrey Pines as opposed to the, the Bermuda grass that we get here in the Oklahoma area uh, and kind of explain the difference that you'll see maybe around the green strategy chipping-wise and even out of the fairways what the, these guys will face this week. Well, you know, believe it or not, guys, Kukulia is easier to hit out of than Bermuda. One of the toughest grasses to play out of when it's long is Bermuda grass because it's so gnarly. It just it takes the hog of the club and just eats it. And uh, it, it's really tough to judge chip shots out of it because sometimes you catch one that comes out a little hot, and then the next one you come out and comes out dead. Kukulia is a bigger blade. It's thicker, but it's at least kind of consistent from the standpoint of knowing what the ball's going to do when you get in it. So you are going to see some guys get some chips like a turning handicapper. It's just going to happen because that grass will get nasty. And the club, you just don't always know what the club's going to do when it goes through it. But if it's me, I'll take a Kukulia over that Bermuda all day long. All day long. I would uh, you know, like at Southern Hills, if they had that, that, that rough deep up there and we have it at Oak Tree where we have that Bermuda grass, man, I'm not, I hate it. I, I'm scared to death of that stuff. So I don't think the Kukui is going to be near as difficult as Bermuda would be. 
You know, Woody, I've learned more about Torrey Pines in this 20-minute conversation than I have watching numerous years on the Golf Channel. So I feel like you're the expert insider when it comes to Torrey. So I think it's that time for everyone. We need a winner, a contender, and a dark horse. And I am running to the betting window as soon as you say the names. So let's hear them, Woody. Well, because if you do, don't bet big. I've always told you that. Don't bet big. I'm going to go out on a little bit of a limb and tell you that I'm going to pick Rom to win this sucker. (laughs) I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick Colin Morikawa to finish in either right there or second, let's say. Okay. And my kind of my dark horse. Now this is, I'm going to go dark with this. I'm going to go with Phil. And only because I I, I want him to win it. I think it'd be so cool if he could pull off two majors at 50 years old and get his grand slam. So I always want to pick the guy that's trying to win the grand slam, just like Rory at at the Masters, uh, Speed at the PGA. I I want somebody to get that grand slam again. So that's kind of what I'm thinking. Uh, It's going to be a – I'll tell you what, it's going to be a torture test. That that weekend's going to be fun to watch. Uh, I'll just tell you that. It's going to be an interesting golf tournament. It's prime time, like you guys say. So, uh, you know, pull up a cold beer and uh, kick your feet up and have fun watching golf this weekend. No, no doubt about it. And, you know, there's very few players that I feel like deserve the career Grand Slam. Phil, definitely one of them. Um, one last thing I want to ask you, Woody, about your, your your pick to win, John Rahm. Last time we saw him, he had a six-shot lead um, on Saturday afternoon. And by the time Sunday morning rolled around, he had withdrawn from the tournament. Um, if you were leading the Memorial by six strokes after Saturday and they told you you had to withdraw, how would that made you, made, uh, how would that made you feel? Well, I would feel bad, but I'll tell you the guy I felt bad for was his caddy. Mm-hmm. Because John Rahm is going to win golf tournaments again, and hopefully his caddy's with him. But that cost that caddy about two hundred grand that weekend. And uh, for a caddy, $200,000, is that, that's, that was an expensive hurt. Um, I, I, Rahm handled it like a professional, which I expected him to, even as hot as he is under the collar sometimes. That was the protocol. Whether we like it or we don't like it, that was the protocol. If you test positive for COVID, you got to go home. So I personally think it's bogus, but um, it is what it is. So you just kind of take your lumps and you say, okay, I'm going to – Maybe the golf guys will give him a break this week. That's why I kind of pick him. I like it. I like it, Woody. He's going with the romantic uh, lineup here with Rom. That would be a great story. Phil would obviously be a great story. And and Morikawa definitely has the game uh, to compete this week. Woody, thank you so much for your time. You're always the best. I appreciate it, guys. You guys enjoy watching it this weekend. I'll talk to you later. You do the same, Woody. Thank you very much, my friend. Man. There you go, boys. Have fun. <laughs> that, was a, that, that was a lot of insight on Tory. That really was. That, that was fantastic stuff. Yeah, that back nine, let me tell you something. You hit that stretch on 11, that's a tough par 3. 12 is just a brutal par 4. And then you hit that stretch after 13, you hit 14, 15, and 16, and 17. 18 gives you a little bit of a break. But, boy, I'm going to tell you what, that back nine is going to eat their lunch. Doesn't sound like a whole lot of fun to me, but it sounds like it'd be fun to watch. <laughs> no, no, yeah. no, it'd be fun to watch. That's yeah. what I'm going to tell you. Sit back and enjoy it. I wouldn't want to be there. All right, Woody. Well, go grab a lemonade and get inside in the air conditioner or something. You got it, boys. We'll right. talk to you later. See ya. Thank you, Woody. Thanks. Bye. When something the size of a golf ball hits your roof, you need to call McRae Roofing. 
McRae Roofing is Oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist. For years, Jeff McRae and the experienced team at McRae Roofing and Exteriors have served fellow Oklahomans by helping them with their roofing needs. McRae Roofing uses only top quality materials and professional crews to make sure that each job is done right so it will give you the years of service, security, and protection you need from the unpredictable Oklahoma weather. McRae Roofing offers residential and commercial roofing, ventilation services, and custom copper designs. McRae Roofing is dedicated to exceeding the homeowner's expectations. It's not just a roof, it is your home's crowning glory. Call McRae Roofing today at 405-692-4000. That's 405-692-4000. Make sure to also visit their website at McRaeRoofing.com. That's M-C-R-A-Y Roofing.com. Don't get caught with a leaking roof. Contact McRae Roofing for your free inspection today. Big, big thank you to Jim Woodward for joining the show today. An absolute legend of the game here in Oklahoma. Uh, and now, T-Dub, we have a special guest, uh, Colby Powell, actually joining the show. Even though he is not in studio, he is on vacation, but he decided to go call in today. Uh, Colby, on a scale of 1 to 1,000, how are you feeling today? I'll say uh, 4... I'm uh, between 420 and 469. 420 is my guess. <laughs> Two very great numbers there, Colby. Uh, all 420. Right. Well, it's great to know that you're feeling that well, Colby, you know, on your vacation. But I, I heard you got some really great uh, DraftKings insight for us this week. Yeah, for me, you know, my first pick, I like to support my friends. That's what I like to do. I support my friends. So... How could I pass up the value at 7,500 of my close personal friend, Matt Wallace? Matt Wallace, really? Uh, that's an interesting pick out of all the guys in the U.S. Open that you could, uh, that you could go with first. But, you know, uh, just keep rattling through them, Colby. So I've got Chris Kirk. I'd love to go out and watch John Daly. Wait, John Daly, really? He's not even playing in this tournament, Colby. Oh, I, I didn't make a pick. <laughs> well, hey, it's all right, Colby. We got we got your back. Uh, just just pick someone else from from this strong field. I think I'm on the fade with Xander Schauffele. But Colby Schauffele is one of the favorites this week, and you're major fading him. What what's behind this? And let me give you the stat to back it up. So let me go find my stat here. I had it earlier and I lost it. Uh, of course I did. While you're looking that stat up, Colby, did, did you have any best bets this week? Sebastian Munoz, I've got at 150 to 1. I put 10 on Sebastian Munoz. Taking a flyer, maybe he gets hot, makes a lot of birdies. Uh, by the way, I don't even have to give any information on my next player because it's all been given. And then we're going to find our best friend, Doug, and then we're going to give him our best friend, All right, Colby, so you got, so far you have Matt Wallace, Chris Kirk, John Daly, uh, who isn't playing in the tournament, but you're banking on him anyways. You got Sebastian Munoz, you got Doug Gim, and then Colby, give me your winner of the U.S. Open this year at Torrey Pines. Let's just go ahead and start in California. Uh, congratulations to Patrick Reed on your trophy. Wait, Patrick Reed? Really? Colby, I can't believe you're going with Patrick Reed. Don't don't put your money on him. You talked me out of it. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. I, I, I didn't think you were actually going to go with Patrick Reed. So give us one more. Who is your champion this week? Matt Jones. Who? Matt Jones. Matt Jones. Matt Jones. 
Good Lord, Colby. I mean, this lineup you got is one for the ages, my friend. I mean, this thing is is of legend, especially with the fact of, you know, you got, uh, I believe, three people that aren't even in the field this week. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Colby, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy vacation. Uh, I mean, I, I really just appreciate your friendship, and, and, and I, I appreciate uh, you donating to the DraftKings pot this week. We putting canes on it again this year? Of course. Yeah, why not? Hashtag why not? Hashtag don't hate on the Brody. Um, Hashtag right, so, Owen eight wizards or whatever they are. Uh, something like that. Yeah, you know, sometimes life gives you lemons. And uh, at that point, you've, you've got to score more points than your opponent. Uh, <laughs> Man, Colby, that was just an unnecessary shot there at Russell Westbrook. But I'm glad that we're putting canes on it this week. I'll be excited uh, to collect that bet when you get home from the vacation. Right, T-Dub? Oh, yes. We'll be, we'll be collecting uh, very heavily on this, yeah, because I think that he has three guaranteed uh, missed cuts. So, <laughs> I, think we, I think we are set. So, and, I mean, like I said, Colby, thank you so much for your time. It was great. Now, Sam, let's, let's actually talk some serious golf now, my friend. We uh, need I'm, to. Okay. <laughs> we got all if the, anyone didn't realize, that was a complete joke. <laughs> we but. took some of the funniest clips that we could find of Colby. And so, we, he actually did send in a DraftKings lineup. We might, we, we might spare everyone the misery because there's, there's one – that we made up for him, I'd actually. We be just said than he, what he sent in. That is true. Yeah, we did. Yeah, so he, he was, had Matt Wallace, Chris Kirk, John Daly, Sebastian Munoz, Doug Gim, and he has Matt Jones to win the tournament. Who? Matt Jones, <laughs> <laughs> dude. I mean that that that's so funny. But you know, Sam, let's. You know, Colby's off and doing his anniversary thing. You know, let's let's let him have have his fun. Let's let's do our own, let's have our own fun. Let, let's talk a little golf. We All were right. able to get into a lot of it yesterday. You know about the course. Um, one of the things that I kind of hint, we hinted on with Woody a little bit. You're probably the biggest Brooks Kepka fan that I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe besides your lovely fi- uh, lovely fiance. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, no doubt. So, yeah, so what what do you make of these rumors that came around of? Brooks's eight or not Brooks's Bryson's agent supposedly saying that Bryson didn't want to play in the same group, but now he came out and said that he that the agent never said that. Seems to be a lot of stuff going around. Brad Faxon came out on his radio show saying that uh, Bryson's agent said that. So I mean, what do you make of all this coming around with, about the tea times? Yeah, you know, T Dove, I just thought it sounded uh, soft as always from Bryson DeChambeau. If the if the thing is true that Brad Faxon reported that the USGA came and asked Bryson and his agent uh, if they want to be a part of the grouping with Brooks Kepka, uh, and they said no, I thought that it would have been a great thing for the game of golf if they were paired together. It would have been great publicity. It would have been great theater. Uh, and Bryson, you know, it seems to you know only be about himself and not the goodness of the game of golf. Have Have you ever played in a tournament? Where you had a say in your tea time? I've never played in a tournament where I had to, where I had a say in my tea time. There, there was only one time in my life I ever had a say, and it was shout out the uh, um, uh, OGA because I played in the Oklahoma Open one year, and it's uh, it was back then it was Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and I had a um, one of my friends' wedding. Shout out Trey Payne was on Saturday night, and mm-hmm. I texted Mark or not texted, um, emailed Mark Felder, and I said, "Hey, I'm, the only way I can play in the Open is if I go late early because I have a wedding. Is that is that acceptable?" And they were able to fit around that, and that was lovely. I ended up missing right. the cut by thirty right. shots, so it didn't really matter. But even 
even then, it's that was two months in advance. I didn't you have know, like a I, forecast I, to know that it was better. And it's, I, there's no reason a player should ever have a say in their pairing or a tee time. I agree. And I, but the reason why they probably did it in this situation, it's two of the biggest names in the game of golf, and obviously with Mike Davis it being his last time uh, working with the USGA this week. I don't think they really wanted to offend these guys, and I don't think that they're wanting this beef to continue, especially when we have the Ryder Cup coming up later in the year. I don't think that they, if this is real and and this isn't fake is what he thinks, I think that Brooks legitimately hates Bryson DeChambeau. That's I really I, do. That's what I'm at because I know, because I'm kind of, I think you're on the side of complete Brooks hate, as, as in Brooks hates Bryson. Woody's on the side of this, thinks this is for the, uh, the, the pit show, system. Yeah. And I think I'm somewhere kind of in the middle where it's like they both dislike each other, but they see it as a money-making opportunity, so they're kind of running with it. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe they might be able to make amends, but I, I would love to know how the actual true story to this, because if it really is just all for show, they're doing a hell of a job at making it a show, because it's a good, entertaining show. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like I said, Woody may be onto something, and it's interesting, because we talked about before with the PIP system, that the PGA Tour is considering things like this to be a positive publicity. Yeah, it, it is interesting. And so that now uh, that that pairing did not happen, that means that Brooks Kepka is going with Je- Justin Thomas, JT, and uh, and he's going with Morikawa, Morikawa at 929 Central Time. Uh, make sure that you remember that all these times uh, when you look them up uh, on USGA.com are Pacific time. Same, so same goes be, for PJ Tour and, and uh, I believe Golf Channel. So it would be well. two hours ahead of whatever time that it says on there. Yeah, for, for uh, the majority of our listeners, which are in right, the Oklahoma area. Central time zone. Uh, and then I, I think one of my favorite uh, one of my favorite pairings here that the USGA d- did, they always kind of put uh, some random pairings together. You put They put uh, Molinari, Stinson, and Lowry, the last three British Open winners. And That's then they cool. put uh, – who, who was it? Was it the Hogues? They, they put Bo Hogue. Uh, let's see here. Let me let me try to find this. One one interesting group here, South Africans. You got uh, Eric Van Royen, uh, my boy was Zane Hoot, and Charles Sortzel. That's, yeah, they a, put, that's a cool group. They put Tom Hogue, uh, Bo Hogue, and Joe Highsmith. It might be Tom <laughs> Hoagie. Is it Tom Hoagie? I think, I think it's Hoagie. Okay, okay so, so it's Tom Hoagie, Bo Hogue, and Joe Highsmith in a group. I thought that was pretty funny. And, and that, that that is really funny. You look at some – like, for example, I think – I don't know. And we we asked the uh, question to Woody earlier. I'll ask you: Out of the three main local guys, uh, Hovland, Answer, and Wolf, which of those three would you pick? Out of Hovland, Answer, and Wolf, I would have to go with Hovland just because he's played so consistently solid all year. Uh, I'm really excited. We finally have Matt Wolf back. I've seen him play some golf out at Oak Tree, playing some good golf. I, I'm really excited to see Matt Wolf come back uh, and and show what he can do. Uh, and I and I really do think he's going to start playing some really good golf again. Seems to be uh, in a good place, uh, not only on the golf course but in life. And then you have uh, Dustin Johnson, Rory McIlroy, and Justin Rose going Ooh. off at. 3.36 Central Time. Uh, and An- then Another group with three U.S. Open winners. Yep. And then they paired the Dallas guys together. They have Will Zalatoris, Scotty Scheffler, and Jordan Spieth uh, at 125, or excuse me, 3.25 Central Time, 125 at Torrey Pines. Uh, so that's kind of an interesting group as well. And, and you know, you mentioned uh, Hovland earlier, Sam, who I would agree with out of the three. He's paired with uh, Terrell Hatton and Matt Fitzpatrick. Mm-hmm. So Mr. Skill and uh, Hatton, who I think may be a popular play this week because he 
he just plays well and plays good um, in major championships. Well, so. One group that I think might uh, play some really good golf this week is Tony Finau, Abe Answer, and Daniel Berger, three of the best players to not win a major uh, yet on the tour. That's a good question, Sam. If you had to pick – I just asked you about answering the three local guys, but if you had to pick those three guys who haven't won a major, which one would you say has the best chance this week? This week, I would I would have to say Berger just because he showed at Pebble Beach that he can putt on those same style greens. Finau, Finau plays really well here too. He does. I, I don't think he's finished outside the top fifteen or something like that. And all the farm. all three of those guys it, it have generally the same chance to win in my book. Do you, out of those three guys, when their careers are done, how many do you think all three of them will have a major? Hmm, that's a good question. I would lean to say that Tony Finau would. Um, yeah, that's just a good question. I, I would say it's 50-50 on Berger and Answer. See, I'm almost like the opposite. I almost feel like that – I think Finau's game almost fits Majors the best. Yeah, but, but he just puts himself in position to win enough to where I would assume if he keeps doing that that it, he's going to break through eventually. Kind of like we see in the group right before they go off, uh, off the other side of the course, off number 10, Max Homa, Xander Schauffele, and Phil Mickelson. Yeah, how about what, Xander, you could throw in that list of – Tony Finau, Abe Answer, and Daniel Berger to me. And you know we brought up the uh, Matt Wolf earlier. He's played when, he's playing with Fairway Jesus and um, caddy friend of the show Scott Tway Brian Harmon out there. So I think that'll be another interesting group. Those guys go off early. They'll go off uh, seven eighteen local time. Their local time so it'll be nine eighteen our time. Um, you know I'll be honest, Sam. You know just scrolling through here and looking at the tee times. Here's another good one. And this is actually kind of scary because two of these guys I really like this week, and it's hard for me to pick them when they're in the same group, but I don't have to anyway. You got Mark Leishman, who always plays really well at Torrey, with mm-hmm. playing with uh, Rom and Reed. So yeah. who are two of the favorites this week? And then they're they're right behind the uh, the Dallas group that you had two mentioned. guys that have won on that course. Exactly. Did Leishman win on that course? Yes, yeah. Leishman, yeah. So they Le- paired three Farmers winners together. See, they got creative in all the wrong ways because they didn't do the last three U.S. Open winners. They did all kinds of different yeah. winners, that kind of thing. I like I like how they did it. I, I do think too. that I, you know what it, if we end up getting uh, Brooks and Bryson coming down the stretch somehow, that would be electricity this week. Here's here's the under here's I think maybe the underrated group I've seen so far: Kokrak, Cameron Champ, Corey Connors. Yeah. That's a pretty solid Cameron guy. Champ I, I, hasn't I, I, played th- that great lately ever since the Masters. I, I think he's 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 probably a fade for me, but at the same time, yeah. he, we talked about how Bombers succeed well here, and so I'll, he might have a chance. I'll tell you a really good group is at 347 Central Time off number 10. You got Patrick Cantlay, Louis Oosthuizen, and Sung M. That's Boy, a really solid group. That's uh, that's three. If you want, if you need help with your tempo, watch that group because yeah. they all, all three of those guys have phenomenal tempo and that's different temp in different tempos too. You got Sungjae is real slow. Cantlay's and Louis are both just smooth all the way through. So I mean, if you if if you're taking the club back too fast, just watch the three forty seven Central Time group and and also too. Um, we, we obviously know that they go um, late, early, or vice versa. So that group in particular will go off at 10.02 our time the next day. So um, make sure that if, if any groups, for whatever reason, tee off early on one day because of the primetime golf, you'll get to watch a lot of these marquee groups on Thursday or Friday evening. Yeah, no doubt. The coverage is actually going to be great. Uh, with NBC this week, we'll get to hear some Maltby, which I always love hearing from, especially after seeing what he does at the Senior PGA he and was how so he treats cool. people. Oh, yeah. he was so 
so nice. So interactive with fans, just cracking jokes all the time. I mean, couldn't seem like one of the nicest guys in the world. I mean, yeah, so, yeah, I, th- I think he does a great job, too. So, so T-Dub, what I want to do real quick for this week, because we're so far into the year now, where we're about to do DraftKings, we're about to do one and done, we're about to do some best bets, but I want to ask you the same question that we ask Woody, because we might not have the same guys for DraftKings and one and done who we actually think is going to win the tournament this week and finish you know, second runner up and then, uh, and then pick a dark horse. So I, I, I might give you a second. I'll give you mine real quick. All right. So I'll give you my dark horse first. I'm going to go with the guy who is ranked 28th in the world. I've picked him a lot this year and he hasn't ever really let me down. Um, I, I really think that he's, you know, he's played some so-so golf of late, but he is a, comes to play in big-time events. He's the only man to ever shoot four round, rounds in the 60s at Augusta National. I'm going to go with Cam Smith as my dark horse. T-Dub, do you want to do, like, dark horse and then dark horse? Yeah, 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 we can do that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a perfect way. Man, you love you some Cam Smith. What do, you do. Like, what do you like about Cam Smith so I much? just love his game. He seems to manage the course well, and, he, and I've seen him in big-time moments just kind of – you know, never really screw up that bad to where I trust him under pressure. And I feel like if he keeps putting himself in those situations, I really trust him as opposed to a guy like Xander, where he showed me that I can't trust him under pressure, even though neither of them have won a major yet. I would I would still bank on Cam Smith winning a major before Xander Shoffley, even though most people would say Xander is the better player. Yeah, that would be uh, – you'd probably be able to get some good odds on that if yeah. you were able to find that at a sports book. Um, you know, I'll go with – this is not necessarily a guy, Dark Horse, that I think will win the tournament. I think he's already got his major one, and I, I think he's kind of done winning. But on 10 rounds at this course, Sam, has his lead leads on Torrey Pine South with 2.56, and I have him in my DraftKings as well. 43rd-ranked player in the world, Adam Scott. He just knows how to get it around this course. I believe he finished top 25 back here in 2008 when they had major and always uh, tends to play well in the um, in the U.S. Open or um, at least decently well. So I, I think that he is a good chance. It definitely, on DraftKings, I think he's around the $7,400 range. So I think that he is a really good, uh, good value play. Um, if I was going to go up into a contender, it's hard not to go with someone like Brooks. I don't think Brooks is going to win, but mm-hmm. has he ever finished outside the top 10 at, in the U.S. Open? I don't think he has. And um, I'll pull that up real fast. I'm after. not sure about that. Um, as soon, whenever you're giving your next two picks, I will. But my contender, I'm going to go with Fee now. I mean, he, he plays this course so well, just just like uh, Scott and a lot of the other players I pick do, um, has gained 2.06 strokes on this course in 21 rounds playing it. So I think that he is – he's number 14th ranked player in the world, so I think he has a great chance. So um, go ahead and fire off your contender and your winner now, Sam. Yeah, I, I'm going to go with my contender is going to be Patrick Reed. I, I am going with uh, – uh, Patrick Reed is a guy uh, that could definitely contend on the back nine on Sunday. Uh, you know, he's finished 13th uh, twice in the U.S. Open. He's finished fourth solo uh, and, and a thir- tied for 32nd in 2019. Uh, I think that his time winning a U.S. Open is coming because I just think his game sets up so perfect for not only this golf course, but this setup as well. I think he's one of those farmers winners that will actually benefit from the tougher setup Be- just because he's such a good putter. And if I look at his, his stats from four to eight feet, He's one of the best putters on tour. And, you know, I, 
I just think that a guy that is a great putter and can roll it end over end on a course with Poana Greens that might get a little bumpy in the afternoon, you need a guy that's really confident in his putting. And so I think that if it, with everyone missing fairways and the greens apparently are super firm, and that's why they were saying, you know, it might bring some shorter hitters into it because it's playing so firm not only on the fairways but on the greens as well. I think that having a great putter this week is definitely going to benefit you uh, in your lineup. So I'm going with Patrick Reed as my runner-up. Okay, awesome, awesome. So I'll, I'll go with my winner, same as Woody. I believe in the golf gods, I truly do. Rom got totally shafted at the Memorial, six-shot lead, wasn't able to play the final round, has been playing some of the best golf maybe in the world um, leading up to that point in all reality. So I, I don't think that the COVID time is going to derail him. Um, missed the cut in his first two U.S. Opens, but since then finished third in 2019, 23rd in uh, last year at Wingfoot. So I think he's trying to finally learn how to manage his uh, his temperament and uh, also Sam on 15 rounds on this golf course has gained 2.05 strokes at Torrey so I think this is a course that that suits players eyes uh, a particular way and Rom really fits every single mold of that so if I had to pick a winner kind of like what he said it's hard to pick a winner anymore just because the fields are so deep and so strong because if one player gets hot I mean it's hard to beat him but uh, I think Rom has has the best shot at it yeah and I am going with Bryson DeChambeau even though I can't stand the guy I think that his game sets up perfect for Torrey uh, I really like Brooks and uh, Patrick Cantlay this week as well. But Bryson DeChambeau this year, when you look at Bryson DeChambeau's stats on data golf, which is basically analytics and strokes gained off the tee, he's gaining over a, over a shot, 1.16 shots on the field off the tee. Uh, he's gaining over almost half a shot approach to green around the green. He's gaining shots. And where I really like is that he's almost gaining half a shot on the field putting as well, which is going to be a huge thing this week at Torrey Pines. And if you can mix that off the tee with the strokes around the green and on the green, then I think he's going to be really, really tough to beat this week. I got to ask you as a Brooks fan, if him and Bryson are in the final group on Sunday, you have Bryson in your one and done and probably in your DraftKings, you have him to win. Who are you rooting for? Brooks. I'm rooting for Brooks because I, I I mean, I'd rather be wrong, but I just don't think that um, there's any chance that, you know, Bryson doesn't play well this week as opposed to, you know, Brooks didn't show some great form last week at Congaree. Otherwise, I would have been on the Brooks train as well. But if Brooks wants to go win this week, it's not going to make me unhappy. Yeah, and, and just to read off for Brooks, because we asked the question earlier, he I forgot he did not play at Wingfoot last year. Um, but um, going back from 2019 backwards to 2014, second, first, first, 13th, 18th, and fourth. So was a little off. He's had two finishes outside of the top 10. They were 13th and 18th. So I do apologize for being so wrong on my stat. But it did sound a lot better than uh, hasn't finished outside the top 20. Not finished outside the top 10 sounds a lot better. But, uh, but I mean, you just look at Kepka. I mean, his... I'm, I'm looking here right now, and I see miscut, second, miscut, miscut, second, and I'm like, where are these seconds at? Okay, the seconds at the PJ Championship and at the Workday Championship. What are all those big events? And so, even though he did miss the cut, the Masters, he had the surgery and wasn't doing very well. I, I think that Kepka, I don't, as like I said earlier, I don't think he's going to win. I probably should have put him as my contender, but I, 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 I like Fina a little bit more than Kepka this week. Yeah, and, and well. 
I think they're about the same this week, in my opinion. I think that you, you could flip a coin, and they're both probably going to finish around the same, uh, probably in the 25 you know, to 20th range. But um, another guy that I want to talk to you about before we do our DraftKings real quick is Dustin Johnson. I feel like Dustin Johnson could be a guy that's going a little bit under the radar, as well as a Rory McIlroy. I kind of put them two in the same boat to where they're both great drivers of the golf ball when they're playing well, uh, and that we We've kind of been sleeping on him. We were really high on Rory McIlroy leading into Kiowa, and then Phil kind of stole, stole the show, and we haven't been talking as much about Rory McIlroy ever since Kiowa. Do you think that Rory or DJ could contend this week? Well, you know, I'm, I'm looking at I'm looking at Rory right here, and of of all the players that have played more than four rounds at Torrey South, he is third behind Adam Scott, who I mentioned earlier, and uh, Hovland, because um, uh, Rory is averaging 2.4 strokes gained at, at Torrey South, so he knows how to get it around here, and um, went through a stretch of kind of U.S. Open funk from 2016 to 2018. Rory missed three straight cuts in this tournament, but since then finished eighth last year at Wingfoot, uh, finished ninth at, uh, at Pebble Beach in 2019. Um, also, we, we know he won in 2011. He finished ninth in 2015 at Chambers Bay as well. So a little bit hit or miss, but I think he just went through a stretch there where he wasn't the courses didn't really suit his eye, and he obviously likes Tory South. So I, I really like um, I like Rory's chances, and um, as for DJ, you know I think that he. He played better than he finished last week, I think, because, you know, he had that triple set him back. He was kind of over it. I think he was – and that's what I worry about a lot of times with those terms before majors is that, you know, what kind of uh, motivation will you have going into it. And, you know, I'm looking here at DJ, and since 2008, he's only missed the cut twice in the U.S. Open, um, 2012 and 2017. Um, so last year finished sixth. I remember that was during the stretch of he had like one bad round in six months, and that was the first round of Wingfoot. And then if he would have shot like – a couple over or something, he would have um, finished second to DeChambeau. So, I mean, he definitely knows how to play the U.S. Open setup. Like you mentioned, Sam, not really the best form before this. Missed the cut at the PGA. Finished uh, – um, um, missed the cut at the Masters as well. So, miss missed the cut in back-to-back majors. That's something that we don't see from DJ very often. And I'll be honest with you, I don't think that he'll go three in a row. Yeah. No, I yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, so, let's go ahead and dive into – let's do one and done real, real, real quick – before we do our DraftKings. Yeah, let's, let's, so I, I like it. Um, I, we, we mentioned a lot of these guys earlier. Um, the, obviously my winner, I've been saving them all year for this tournament. Uh, that's ROM and, um, everything I mentioned earlier just, just really suits it. Uh, yeah. Like you mentioned earlier, Sam was the farmers. I believe this is where he won for his first tournament at was the farmers. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's kind of where he broke out at. So this place has a, something, uh, a special place in his heart. And I also just think that, when you get that when you get that bad of luck happen to you essentially i mean i think that you know there's some sort of you know uh, karma that is coming your way and so i think rom fits that boat and then next one sam um it's kind of like you with bryson in the sense of if he wins, I'm, it's going to eat at me, but he just loves this place. In 17 rounds here, he's gained 1.47 strokes, won the, won the Farmers this year while he cheated, but still would have won because he won by like six strokes, and that's Patrick Reed. I mean, yeah. we were talking about him earlier. And one of the main reasons I like him too, not only does he like this course, but listen to these results in the U.S. Open, Sam, going backwards um, from 2020. Uh, 13th, 32nd, 4th, 13th, miscut, 14th, 35th. So um, only, um, what is that, uh, six out of seven made 
cuts only um, two of those finishes outside the top 14. So definitely knows how to get it around a U.S. Open setup. So I am very enthused with my one-and-done picks, and I'm even more enthused about my DraftKings lineup that we'll get into in just a second. But who you got in your one-and-done, Sam? Uh, I, well, obviously, first I'm going to go with Bryson. Uh, on the, I mean, on the year I just gave his stats uh, – you know, strokes gain wise, and and I'm pulling up Tory here. This is this was really interesting to me when when I look at Tory Pines uh, with Bryson DeChambeau, he's never actually played that great at Tory Pines South Course. You know, in 2017 he missed the cut, in 2018 he missed the cut, but for some reason I just think the U.S. Open setup is going to be really good for Bryson uh, here at Tory Pines. And then when I look, you know. I got to remember, by the way, T-Dub, Colby normally has the list. He of has the, the list, yeah, because normally me and me and Colby, we can track it on our uh, on our website that we use, but you joined, you joined us about a month after the one and done started, so we weren't able to get you in. And Colby has to track his own anyway because he picked Chris Kirk one week on the show and didn't pick him on, on the website, which we made fun of earlier in the show. So, uh, so yeah, so hopefully you, you don't pick someone that you already picked. You know what? I, I think I might go... I might need the cards here, T-Dub. I, I, I think I might go with a guy like Xander, but I also don't trust him that much. Uh, did I go with Kepka yet this year? I don't know if you have or not. I don't remember. At, at, the, at the Masters, I went with Rom. I know for sure. And then at the uh, PGA, I went with Hovland and Rory. Who was my other one at Augusta? I think it was Spieth. It was Spieth. And I, I, I don't think I've gone with Kepka yet. I, I, we'll give you Kepka. We'll give you Kepka for now. And I'm going to we'll, go Bryson and Kepka. That's that's deep. That's loaded up. I mean, that's. Yeah. A, I mean, we got. I think we got some loaded players, all of which are in the top ten in the world. So I mean, um, and this is also excluding the um, the last tournament of the year, which is the uh, Tour Championship, which gives out a lot of purse for the winner. But then if you don't win, you don't necessarily get the uh, the big purse when it comes to one and done. This is the second biggest purse of the year behind the Players' Championship. So yeah. if you are going to, for anyone out there listening, if you've got big dogs left, go ahead and use them. Because even with picking two players in um, not only this event, but the uh, WGC and the playoff events coming up, we only have like 17 picks left in the season. So if you've got players left, just run them out, especially out here, because there's a lot of money to be had this week at the U.S. Open, Sam. No, I, I, yeah, I'm going with Bryson and Brooks. How about that? <laughs> that's going to be really interesting. All right, let's go ahead and dive in uh, to DraftKings. Um, I'm not sure who did I, I, first. I, I somehow finished in the money last week somehow okay. by the grace right. of God. So um, I'll go ahead and go first. This is a guy, Sam, who was – I'll give you your credit. He was – uh, one of your best bets of the week was a guaranteed top 10, and I'm getting him for less than uh, 7000 and he actually likes Torrey Pine South. Doesn't play particularly well in the U.S. Open, but um, I, I, I like the way that he plays here. He's gaining one point. Are you uh, picking me, Johnny Vegas? I am. Uh, I have but, him on my DraftKings this week as well. Do you, dude, yeah, dude. He's 6800 um, has gained um, just, a, I mean, literally one-tenth of a stroke less than a stroke per round, .99 in 25 rounds at Torrey South, and has been playing some good golf. The only thing that I worry about with Johnny Vegas is that um, in his three U.S. Open appearances has only made one cut and he finished 40, uh, 41st, but those were all a little bit earlier in his career. I think he's a better player now than he was. So I think for a sub-7,000 value, I think that Johnny Vegas is probably your best bet. Yeah, and he has three rounds gaining more than five shots on the field at Torrey Pines as well. So he's one of those guys that might have had some good current or good uh, former course form at Torrey Pines for the Farmers that uh, will hope, hopefully uh, – 
transition over to the U.S. Open setup. Uh, I like. I really like that at sixty eight hundred. I guess we'll just go back and forth this time. Yeah. Uh, so then uh, at let's see, I have. 7,300 Max Homa. Max Homa has played some really good golf at Torrey Pines. Max Homa, you know, obviously winning at Riviera on the same kind of style greens uh, as Torrey Pines has there in Southern California. But if we look, you know, at Max Homa's stats at Torrey Pines here in 2020, he, you know, Played great. He finished, or he had shot a 67 in round four of the 2020 Farmers, not the 2021 Farmers, but the 2020. In 2021, he had all four rounds, uh, positive strokes gain. Uh, and then, you know, I, I just really like how he's been playing lately. His last five rounds, he's been more than three shots up on the field, strokes gain. Uh, so I, I just think I'm going with current form and a guy that likes playing in Southern California. I'm going with Max Homa. No, so so your two cheapest options are, are Vegas and Homa, correct? Yep. Awesome. So I'll go with my next two. Um, we got uh, seventy four hundred. I mentioned him earlier. That's Adam Scott. He loves this course, and I'm looking on, back on it, Sam. Besides his missed cut at um, at Kiowa, he has not missed a cut going all the way back to the um, the Arnold Palmer of last year before um, before COVID had struck. So I mean, he is just a, a cut making machine, and also has the the is the leader in ten rounds played in uh, in strokes gained on this course. So definitely love me some Adam. Scott. Got for that 7,400. Like I said, I don't think he's a guy who's going to win, but I think that uh, he's a guy who's going to be up there on the leaderboard. And my next one, uh, Sam, is a guy who is, we mentioned him earlier in, the, in that smooth swinging group, been playing some really good golf lately. That's Louis Oosthuizen. I mean, I'm looking back on him. He finished 18th at the Memorial, obviously runner-up at the PGA to, to Phil. He was up there. Um, finished second when uh, he hit it in the water in the playoff at the Zurich team competition. But even between then, finished eighth at the Valspar. And also, Sam, looking back on it, going back to 2014, he has not missed a cut in a U.S. Open. I mean, that's so what is that? Seven straight made cuts in the Open and also um, in six rounds at TPC, uh, or I'm sorry, not TPC, uh, Torrey Pine South has gained 1.46 strokes. So has liked the course in his play, playing well. I mean, literally all three marks have struck with Louie at 8,100, so I love it. Well, my next pick is going to be 7,600 Shane Lowry. This is going to be my best bet of the week. His last 12 rounds, he's gained more than two and a half shots on the field, uh, strokes gained. And then if you go back to 2017, 2016, and 2015, he... Each of those years, he had big weeks at Torrey Pines. Uh, in three of those rounds, he was more than four shots up on the field. In 2015, uh, he shot a – let me pull this up here. I have I have him for a 68 in round four where he gained 6.17 shots on the field in 2015 at Torrey Pines South. Really impressive uh, to me that – you know, Shane Lowry kind of going under the radar, 7,600 on DraftKings, and he's been playing great. Current form looks awesome. There's really no downside uh, to Shane Lowry for me in this tournament, and it kind of surprises me that DraftKings only has him at 7,600. Here's a fun stat for you. Two players have both played 10 rounds at Torrey Pine South, and both have gained 1.38 strokes per round. Shane Lowry, Xander Shoffley. Wow, that's really interesting. So you might be getting some value there with Lowry. The reigning Open champion, maybe. The say. reigning uh, British Open champion. There you go. And then I am going to jump all the way up uh, from Shane Lowry at 7,600 to your uh, reigning Masters champion, Hideki Matsuyama. Matsuyama, speaking of a guy that has played great golf uh, at Torrey Pines South, I mean, in 2019, 2018, uh, just absolutely lapping the field when they played 
plate, Torrey Pine South, you know, two rounds in 2019, he shot a 66 and a 67, gaining over five shots on the field in those rounds. And then in 2018, uh, shot a 69 and a 69 uh, on the South nice. course. And, and, you know, basically he's had some great current form, obviously winning the Masters. You know, it, it doesn't really bother me that he didn't play that great at the Memorial. You know, he kind of the high after winning the Masters. But if you look at his stats before winning the Masters, he was playing some impeccable golf. So I, I, I'm really excited to see uh, what Hideki Matsuyama can do this year. And if you need a guy to make a cut, he's definitely your guy. 16 of 19 cuts and two top tens. Uh, Hideki Matsuyama seems like a surefire middle-of-the-pack guy on DraftKings this week. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'll, I'll piggyback right off that because I have him in my lineup as well at 8,800. Um, and and the la- he's in the last eight uh, U.S. Opens has only missed one cut, and his worst finish is 35th. Um, finished second back at 2017 at Aaron Hills um, to Kepka, um, and then going backwards, finished 17th last year, 21st, 2019, 16. So, I mean, definitely in that top 20 range, I love it. And then um, my second uh, most expensive guy is just loves Tory. Never, never really plays bad here. That's Tony Fina. I mean, he and he's, he suits well for for the uh, open style of, of golf as well. Let me pull up his open results really fast here. Um, so yeah, he's been, he's basically on, off, on, off. So hopefully I don't hit him on the off week. But um, finished eighth last year at Wingfoot. Missed the cut in 2019. Finished fifth in 2018. Um, missed the cut in 2016. Um, but finished 14th in 2015. So, see, so he either finishes top 15 or he misses the cut. So um, I think on the course too where I don't believe he's finished outside the top 20 ever at Torrey. Um, I'm going to go ahead and ride with it because in 21 rounds here, Sam, he's gained 2.06 strokes on the field. So, wow. I mean, I, I, I just love Finau this week. Well, yeah. Well, I'm going to go with uh, my next big dog. He's at 9,100. I think he's the best value of the big dogs up at the top there. I'm going with Patrick Cantlay, a guy that was playing some amazing golf since the beginning of 2021. Kind of went in a slump there for about a month or, month or two. But then lately, his last, let's see, his last, Eight rounds uh, have been more than two shots up on the field strokes gained. And if I look at his putting around the green approach and off the tee stats, he's gaining over half a shot on the field in all three er- or all three areas of around the green approach and off the tee. And then putting, he's gaining 0.3 uh, on the field every round. That totals up to gaining two shots on the field. And he's a, he's a California guy as well. And so uh, I think that Patrick Cantlay is your best value on DraftKings of those top guns up there. Now, let me read off some of his uh, – he's played in the Open three times. Has not missed the cut, but we got a 43rd, a 21st, and a 45th. I will say the 21st was at, at Pebble, so that's kind of the most similar. Does that – where you at all that his, he hasn't cracked the top 20 in an Open yet? Not really, just because, you know, his strokes gained approach and off the tee are so good that it seems like it should happen eventually. And he's a good enough player to win a major, so I feel like – it, especially when guys play closer to home, I feel like they they play some good golf, and so uh, especially coming off the you know uh, memorial quote unquote win, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, I, I, he's playing some really good golf, and seems like he's gotten uh, some things back in order after that little slump uh, in the middle of 2021. So I, I think that Patrick Cantlay is definitely a guy to be reckoned with this week. And then um, my top dog, I'm going with Bryson DeChambeau, 13 of 14 cuts, six top tens. We talked about him. I mean, just an absolute beast uh, this year. And, and, and like I said, I, I'm not the biggest Bryson fan but for some reason 
when I think of Torrey Pines, I think of a guy that bombs it and a guy that can putt it, Sim- similar to what Tiger Woods did. I know that if you look at the U.S. Open in 2008, you know, you might say, well, other than Tiger, there weren't that many bombers up there on the leaderboard. Well, they also weren't hitting it 350 yards and taking advantage of some of these holes the way Bryson DeChambeau can. And and I'm, I know that that was just in 2008, but that was a long time ago technology-wise and, and Bryson-wise. We've never seen anything that he's doing like he is right now. Uh, and I think with the rough being so high, you need to have someone with some high club head speed to be able to get some longer clubs out of that rough. And and as long as he doesn't blow up, which he absolutely can, as we've seen it like Augusta National, and he's never really figured out how to play there, Um, I think that, you know, as long as he feels comfortable this week, and I think it helps that he's not playing with Brooks and in that whole circus, I I think that he could have a huge week this week. And I would be very, very surprised if we don't see him at least finish in the top 10 or 15. Yeah. You know, look, looking at his U S open record has made four or five cuts, obviously with the, the, his highest being the win last year, any, any remorse, the fact that he's defending champ coming in and the chance of him repeating. No, not really, because last year was so weird, and and this is just such a much different course than you it know, really is. Isn't it, it? It's just not even comparable. I I don't think that you know he's going to have media circus around him no matter where he plays, and so it's not like that's going to weigh on him being the defending champion. I don't think that this week is any different for Bryson DeChambeau more than a normal major week. Yeah, it, like kind of like we mentioned about Wolf earlier, which I'm, I'm just as happy as you are about him coming back. Like I mentioned with Woody, I mean, it just seems like we forget that he finished second solo to, to Bryson at, at mm-hmm. the U.S. Open. And if 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 uh, Bryson hadn't just gone absolutely nuclear, nuclear, uh, Wolf would have had a great chance. And, um, you know, just to uh, to – I'll give you my last guy. We already talked about him earlier. I don't got a player in the top 10 in the world in my DraftKings because I got number 11. That's Rory. You know, we talked yeah. about him earlier. And besides that uh, that three-year stint where he missed the cut, I mean, he he loves the U.S. Open, it seems like. And in, the, in his nine rounds, like I mentioned earlier here, he's uh, gained 2.4 strokes. So, I mean, I'm, I, am, I really like my one-and-done picks, and I really like my DraftKings. So, usually that means that it's going to be really, really crappy. So, <laughs> so let's hope I, that hey, I, I really do like that Rory pick. Like I said, he was, you know, the favorite to win the PGA, and then all of a sudden it's like we forgot about Rory the past couple of weeks. So, I think that you might be able to get a little bit of value with Rory yeah, this and, week. And, and even after his win at the Wells Fargo, made the cut at the PGA, and finished 18th at the Memorial, made over six figures. So, I mean, I mean, it's not like he he won and then was like Jim Herman, some of these other guys where they missed 20 straight cuts or whatever, you know. So yeah, I totally agree, T Dub. Is there anything else that we missed? Um, well, we were going to do what we usually do with our strength of field, but for some reason, even on a late Tuesday afternoon, the strength of field isn't out yet. Um, so let me click on it one more time to see if it is. Nope, no no strength of field for any event is out on the official World Golf Rankings for some reason. Um, so we can't play our, our weekly game. But, um, but no, I think we've we had everything. Um, for anyone, anything else that I think that we missed, our listeners can just check out our show from, from yesterday um, because we covered so much about the course. Mm-hmm. And then Woody gave so much um, more and probably, honestly, even better insight on the course. Um, earlier in our the first part of our show, so that'd be kind of a nice two parter, I think, for our yeah. listeners for to get to know Tory Pine South a little bit, and then obviously we've we've struck on all our picks. I guess we would be doing our friend Colby a little disservice because he literally did send in a, <laughs> le, a legit DraftKings lineup. So we'll read it out. He has uh, Bryson Finau, Kokrak uh, seventy six hundred, who I really like, who I thought about picking as well. Um, Shane Lowry, like you have. Uh, Sam, he has um, Webb Simpson, who um, Woody likes at 
6,700. And then his close personal friend, like he always likes to mention, Eric Van Royen at 6,700. And he said his two one-and-done picks are Rom and Bryson. So he's got your Bryson and he's got my Rom. So it seems like one of us might be a winner this week. Or two out of the three of us will be winners this week, more than likely. Yeah, so. or we could get a guy like Rocco kind of coming from – Nowhere. That could be something. Um, is there any long? Sh- I mean, we talked about a dark horse. I mean, is there any just long, long like shots? long, long shots that you think has a chance? Uh, let's look through here. I mean, does Matt Wolf count? I think that Matt Wolf could, you know, by world ranking, not necessarily, but the fact that he hasn't played in a while, I think it would be a, a really big shock if he won. I think that would be really. I cool. think Matt Wolf could play some really good golf. I, I'll throw one out there. Um, and like I said, I'll probably pronounce this name wrong. We talked about him yesterday. Uh, Wilco Niamber. I mean, he's the the long bomber from South Africa, and I mean, I think that he. You uh, love your South Africans. Nine of nine out of ninety one in the top. Uh, um, nine golfers are in the top ninety one the official world golf rankings. I mean, I, I I just go with what with what is successful, and so. Um, what do you think about? your boy Higo it's man 22 years old and getting your first PGA Tour win because the thing that I thought that was so great about it think about this Higo is a PGA Tour member and Wills Alatoris isn't isn't that funny that is weird I mean that's and the only difference is the win I mean that's the only difference Alatoris has played so many more events and besides the win better in all honesty and so um, it's tough to go off of off of that win but sometimes when you're young like that you can just ride the momentum so with with his form you would definitely say that he has a great chance but um, and also too Sam he went to UNLV so I'm sure he played some golf over in California during his time yeah. you know too yeah so. another guy best bet that I kind of like that is a big risk now, but he's played some good golf at uh, at Torrey Pines as Bubba Watson. I he think. does. He hasn't played very well in U.S. Opens, but he does play well at Tor- or yeah. at, at Torrey for sure. Yeah, and so that that's another one uh, that's a little bit more of a long shot. Uh, looking through here, Lee Westwood obviously uh, is a long shot. Played some really good golf at the start of this year, and in 2008, uh, barely missed that putt to be in that playoff, uh, that 18 hole playoff with Rocco and Tiger. Uh, kind of sneaky choke down the stretch. Uh, coming uh, in 2008. Um, And then when I get way down here at the bottom, let's see here. You you got uh, guys like, you know, I I would stay away from guys like Kevin Kisner or uh, Matt Kuchar. I I don't see them having any good weeks uh, here at Torrey Pines. Um, You know, is is there anyone else, T-Dub, that, that you see way down here? Uh, looking way down, it's it's hard to find someone. I'll go through a couple of, of guys who I considered in my DraftKings. Um, I think, uh, I, obviously, Bezaytenhut at 7,200. I always love picking him. Another guy at 7,200 I think will have a good week is Charlie Hoffman. He's been playing mm-hmm. really well of recently. If you're looking for some some really good value, two guys that have played this course well over over their, their careers, and uh, that's a guy, uh, one guy Colby picks almost every week, that's Brendan Steele. Um, I'm trying to find him. On, uh, he's him. Him and Jimmy Walker, the two guys I mentioned, were 6,500. And in their in their rounds that they've played at this course, Brendan Steele's played 24 rounds, gained has gained 0.94. Um, Charlie Hoffman has played 38 rounds, has gained 0.82. Jimmy Walker has played 28 and has gained 0.84. So all guys fairly cheap who have gained strokes on this course, Sam. Yeah, uh, Charlie Hoffman actually did an inter- interesting interview yesterday. Uh, he was talking about the fact that he might kind of force driver up in some areas where the fairway bunkers come in because the fairway bunkers aren't as big of a penalty as hitting it in the rough. And so and he that's was usually saying, not the case. Yeah, he was saying, I'd rather be in a fairway bunker anyways. Yeah, 
Yeah, no, I think that that's, uh, that's definitely something that'll be interesting. Something, like I said, that, and you look at all the strokes gain metrics, hitting out of a bunker or anything is, is so much worse than hitting out of the rough usually, but I don't think that'll be the case this week, Sam. And it'll, we've talked a lot about the course setup. I think the main thing I'll be interested in is how long will the rough actually be and how firm will they get the greens? Yeah. Because if they get the greens I know really they cut them. They said that they cut them yesterday. And the rough or the kinda, greens? The rough. Okay. And then they, they were just going to kind of see how it went throughout the week. Okay. So, uh, and then I was going to bring up one more Obviously, long shot. We talked about him a little bit, but Phil Mickelson uh, in 2016 missed cut. 2017 didn't play because of the graduation. Uh, 2018, 48, 2019, 52, uh, and 2020 missed cut. Uh, do you think there's any chance we see the romantic right off into the sunset, finish off the Grand Slam uh, situation for Phil Mickelson this week? You know, I was texting with uh, with your dad, the hump man, yesterday afternoon after I, I went on with him uh, at 9.45 yesterday. And, um, you know, I told him because he was asking me about Phil, and I said – I see two things happening. Either he's going to come come in on cloud nine and finish top ten guaranteed, mm-hmm. or he's going to miss the cut by like 50. <laughs> I, I really don't see any in-between on that. Um, as far as hoisting the trophy, I think that the only way that that happens if, is if he gets help around him. Mm-hmm. Because even if he plays good, I think there'll be other players that play better around him. And also, I think that knowing the pressure of the career Grand Slam, he might not be able to hit the – best shots. I mean, we talk about nerves. I mean, that's the ultimate nerve pressure there. Even though you just won a major, the Grand Slam is an entirely different story. So I, I think, he, like I said, he either has a really good week, maybe doesn't necessarily win, or we don't see him on the weekend. That's that's what I see. But he could end up finishing like 35th or 40th very easily. I too, think so. it, if he were to win back-to-back majors at his age, that would even top Tiger in 19 to me. As as a non tiger, uh, if I looked at it from a non tiger perspective, that would be to win the Grand Slam. Just, just I mean, you would have to put them one A and one B. Just well, as far as un unpo- like impossible things to happen. Well, and it's it would be really cool from the sense of. The U.S. Open gave him a special exemption to play. He ended up winning, so he <laughs> didn't, didn't even need it. need it. And then he would go in to win the. U.S. So it would be. Yeah, it would be such a remarkable story. It truly would be. Would it be? Is there going to be anything better than the 19 Masters? I don't know. Probably in, not in my entire life. But would it top I, the 2008 U.S. Open if he were prob- to win? Probably, in my opinion. If I look at it from a non-Tiger perspective, just because I'm such a Tiger fan. Yeah. Um, because I don't know though. He if that would have been Tiger's last major, maybe. But and also too, like we mentioned yesterday, it almost that, was that that was the um, <laughs> the last time we're going to see an eighteen hole playoff or a nineteen hole playoff yep. technically. So I mean that adds a lot of history to it too. Oh, so now also that, I want to make one correction from yesterday. I said that that was Jim Nance on the call. It was actually Dan Hicks. I knew that. I did for some reason I said Jim, Jim Nance out of my mouth, and so yeah, Jim Nance didn't work for NBC. I don't no, think he did not. Uh, but and then uh, one last guy that I wanted to talk a little bit about Justin Thomas. We haven't really talked about uh, Jay that much this week and I I don't think he's going to play that bad I just didn't see him uh, playing maybe as well as a Brooks Kepka or you know a Bryson DeChambeau yeah I mean I'm, I'm looking back on it and um, since his win at the at the players where I had him, thank you very little, um, has not finished inside, has only one finish inside the top uh, 20, and that was 13th at Valspar. Been really struggling with his putting lately. And you look at uh, some of his open performances here. One second, I just had it up. Um, some of his open, he finished eighth last year at Wingfoot, but um, he has had a miscut in 2019, 25th, 9th, 32nd, and a miscut. So, I mean, he, he plays fairly decent in the opens. Um, I think that whenever you 
you consider that he's the, the uh, what, second-ranked player in the world now, I believe. Um, I think that there's better value around him. I like Rom more than him. I like Morikawa. I like your DeChambeau a little bit more. Um, I probably even pick Shoffley over JT as well. Um, and then you could even go further down. I think there's better value that you could get for JT because if you're if you're struggling with your putter, you go on some late Poana, you're gonna have a you're you're gonna have a bad time. You know who else is gonna have a bad time? Uh, is someone who is struggling with back problems. And even the smallest disorder can range from a simple hitch in your backswing to a complete meltdown on the back nine. When it comes to keeping golfers on the course, uh, the spine clinic of Oklahoma City uh, is dedicated offering the highest quality spine care in Oklahoma. The spine clinic providers have the best, most up-to-date treatments and options in their bag to help tailor treatment plans for each individual's concerns and are determined uh, to make sure that no patients ever hear the words, nothing can be done. Even when it feels like all options are exhausted, uh, we hold out for hope at the spine clinic and the providers and staff at the spine clinic of Oklahoma city are here to use their skills and knowledge to help restore you back to a great quality of life. Uh, the disclaimer here says that the spine clinic does not guarantee any short game improvements. However, I, I would definitely say that it is easier to practice your short game with a healthy back than it is, uh, with back problems. So definitely call the spine clinic at four Oh five, Four two four five four one five, or visit the Spine Clinic OK uh, for more information. So, what I need y'all to do for me right now is go follow at the seventy third hole on Twitter and at seventy third hole on Instagram, and then also visit golfoklahoma.org. We're right there on the front page as well. Uh, and while you're doing that, please uh, hit that purple subscribe button on Apple or the green one on Spotify. Uh, it really helps us out. And I will be picking two followers from Twitter and Instagram uh, to give out some 73rd hole merchandise at the end of this U.S. Open week. Uh, so definitely uh, follow us and uh, interact with us. We'll be tweeting throughout the week. Uh, later in uh, the week, we will have another show probably on Friday night or Saturday morning to recap the first two rounds of the U.S. Open. Uh, for Taylor Williams and uh, Jim Woodward, I really appreciate them being with us today. And Colby Powell. Colby Powell made a surprise appearance uh, today on the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma.